And welcome back to Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, more information about the show can be found on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Head there now, like us there now, and join the conversation there as well. Well, no one knows the pain of postpartum depression more than those who have experienced it. Here in the studio with me now is Teresa and Regina. They both have experienced postpartum depression. They're here this morning to share their story. It's our pleasure to welcome Teresa and Regina to Sunday Morning Magazine. Thank you. All right. Now, ladies, um, you both have experienced postpartum depression. This is supposed to be the happiest time of your life. You have this new baby. Take us back to the beginning. Tell us about your experience. And I guess we'll start with Teresa. Okay. Well, my son is uh, now 14 years old. Back when I gave birth in 2002, there wasn't a whole lot of information out there on postpartum depression. Brooke Shields hadn't written her book yet, and all of those things hadn't happened yet. So for me, I didn't really know what it was. And I just thought it was a failure in my character. I thought I was never meant to be a mom. I thought that I made a huge mistake, and how on earth was I going to fix this? How was I going to go back in time and not let this happen? So my new motherhood experience had nothing to do with happiness and joy. It had everything to do with being overwhelmed and being depressed and being a bit anxious um, about the whole situation. Okay, so help us to understand uh, what are some of the thoughts um, that were going through your head? You talked about how did I get here and things like that, but Help us to understand the thoughts that were going on inside your head. I think one of the biggest thoughts that led to the depression is that I was not cut out to be a mom, and I always thought I would be, and that as a woman, I had a very traumatic birth experience, which I'm sure added to the situation. Um, I also was not unable to breastfeed, which was a huge thing for me. So my identity as a human, as a person, as a woman, was very much affected by this what I considered at the time, failure. Um, And I didn't understand that, you know, it was really a physical basis for these thoughts. My thoughts centered around um, being unable to be a mom, wanting nothing to do with this child. Another kind of weird thing with postpartum mood disorders is you have this inability to feel a connection to your child. You you, You don't feel like you love this child. It was like taking care of someone else's child. I thought anybody else could be a better mom than me. And I did have a lot of thoughts of suicide. I was very lucky I did not um, feel thoughts of harming my own child, but I did have a lot of thoughts of suicide. Okay. Uh, Regina, let's turn to you. Again, you experienced postpartum depression. Um, what was your experience like? Was it like a lot like Teresa, or what was your experience? Um, it was similar in a lot of ways. I also had um, my, the birth experience wasn't so traumatic, but um, my son was born with a heart defect, so he was in the hospital for six weeks. And um, so that was not planned at all. I thought my child was going to be healthy. And so a lot of um, unrealized expectations. I just uh, had 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 this idea that everything would be perfect and um, I would just bring him home and I would I felt like I'd be a natural mother. I felt like I had been waiting for this my whole life to be a mom. And when it didn't turn out the way that I thought it would. It definitely threw me. I was not expecting all that. I did have a lot of the depression, like Teresa said. I also had a lot of anxiety. Um, I was having sometimes a dozen panic attacks a day. I was very suicidal. Like Teresa said, I did not know anything about postpartum depression. My OB um, had told me that I just had a little touch of the baby blues and that I'd be fine just 
you know, all women go through it. Just get over it. And so I thought if that's what a medical professional said, then it must just be my character. I was just uh, not made to be a mother. I was just um, a failure as a human being as a, as what I thought I would be a good mother. And I just wasn't. Um, and so I had um, a lot of suicidal thoughts. I also had thoughts of harming my son. Um, he was a very, very difficult baby um, with his heart condition. He also had a lot of stomach issues, so he did not sleep for more than 45 minutes at a time for about five or six months. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't sleeping at all. And so sometimes when he just would cry for hours and hours on end, I would have these thoughts of, you know, I could just throw him against the wall and this would all be over. And then I would be so horrified by that thought that I would just want to end my life. Like what kind of person thinks that way? Mm-hmm. And probably one of the most freeing things um, my psychiatrist ever told me later was that when you think something like that, um, something horrible like that, um, and you recognize it as being wrong, something that you shouldn't be thinking, then you would never act on it. Um, psychosis occurs when a woman thinks that kind of a thought and doesn't see anything wrong with it. When she starts thinking of harming her children and it seems perfectly logical to her. So probably that was the best thing I ever heard my psychiatrist say because all of a sudden I realized I wasn't a horrible human being. This was the mental illness talking. It wasn't me. And in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. This morning we're talking about postpartum depression. For more information on postpartum depression, please visit our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Go there now, like us there now, and you can actually join the conversation this morning. This morning, we're talking to two women who have experienced postpartum depression. We're talking to Teresa, and we're also talking to Regina. Now, let's talk about this. Now, who was the first person to recognize that something wasn't quite right? I think both of you ladies, I'm getting the feeling that you knew you didn't know about postpartum depression, but you definitely sounds like you knew something wasn't quite right. Teresa. Um, I don't know if I'd say that. I, being it was my first child, I didn't know if I knew I wasn't right. I knew it wasn't the experience, this beautiful, rose-colored, gorgeous experience that everybody told me it should be. So I guess I did know something wasn't right. Um, but I didn't have a word for it. I didn't know what it was. For me, mental illness was pe- happened to people who were weak. I didn't understand it at that time. So I thought, that's never happened to me. I'm not going to be depressed. So when I went to my six-week checkup with my OB and sat on the table and bawled my eyes out, she looked at me and said, oh, you have postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. And while that was extremely upsetting to hear, it was also a huge relief because I had a name for it. And I was able to um, look into it and see what it was. And I found a support group and I found a, well, actually, I found a therapist right away. And I was able to um, go from there. So it was kind of a a horrible thing to hear, but at the same time, a wonderful thing to hear. Okay. Regina, what about your situation? Um, Who first noticed the signs in you, the warning signs, the symptoms of postpartum depression? Well, as I mentioned earlier, my OB basically brushed me off. So I went nine months undiagnosed and suffering at home. And so I would say probably the only person that knew anything was wrong was my husband, I was pretty good at putting on a brave face around other people, and I withdrew from people a lot during those nine months. So I don't think anybody else really knew anything was going on. And I think my husband had the same fear I had, that I had just changed so much after having a baby that this is just who I was now. 
my husband saw an advertisement for a lighter shade of blue. It was in a listing of support groups, and it said a support group for mothers with postpartum depression. And that was the first time we had ever heard the term. And he said to me, maybe this is what you have. You need to just go and check it out. So let's talk about this. Um, How bad did things get for you, Teresa? For for me, it was a a kind of a long battle with myself in talking myself out of um, suicide every day. The, I had one panic attack. Thank God I did, have never had more because, boy, that was scary. I think for me the worst part was the idea that it was never going to change, and that's really where it was the hardest thing for me. I really thought that this was me now for the rest of my life, and I thought if I have to go through this every day for the rest of my life, I don't understand the point of being here. Anybody else could be a better mom to my child, and I, it's not like I even love him anyway, So, so, you know, and it was it was really a lot of self-talk, negative self-talk. All right. Thanks, Teresa. Now, for you, Regina, how bad did things get for you battling postpartum depression? Um, well, I mentioned my thoughts of harming myself and harming my child, and that was pretty much a daily thing for me. Um, I blocked out a lot of that whole year. Your mind tends to um, block out things that are painful. And so I just kind of have like flashes of memory from that time. I never attempted suicide. I did write a suicide note. um, And that was one of the things I think that kind of woke my husband up to the fact that this was a serious thing because I was I was preparing my to end my life. I was trying to get all our ducks in a row financially and everything so that I could take myself out of the picture. Um, But. In addition to all those thoughts, I have like flashes of memory of throwing things, punching walls, um, a lot of screaming um, and yelling during the day. My husband was at work and it was just me and my son at home and he would just be crying and crying and crying and I would just start screaming and screaming and screaming um, and lashing out at whatever was around me. I couldn't harm my son or myself so I was breaking things in my house. I was just – it was just a really, really dark time. And like I said, that's just, you know, flashes of memory that I have. But a lot of it I've I've really blocked out. All right. And again, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. This morning we're talking about postpartum depression. If you would like to join the conversation, visit our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Go there now and like us there now. And you can actually join the conversation there as well. So, Teresa, for you did your husband, did he have a clue? Did you talk to him about the suicidal thoughts? We know that Regina, her husband was clued in on some things. Um, did your husband have any idea of what you were going through? I think once I got the diagnosis, he, he realized, oh, this, this is something and I, and I should. My husband was extremely supportive. Um, he did not just say, um, he did not just brush it off, which was wonderful because it is really important. I probably didn't tell him everything I was thinking. My husband worked evenings. I worked day. So when he would leave for the day and I would, I would get in the car with my son and I would drive for hours because for some reason that's what I felt compelled to do. Okay. Um, and if I probably, if I had told him I was as suicidal as I was, he probably would have taken my keys, which would have been a good a choice. But so he, while he was very, very supportive, I probably didn't say uh, to him a lot of things. There's a lot of shame involved with postpartum depression. I didn't tell many of my family members or anything like that. So I think there was a lot of people who didn't know as much that was going on. That was going on. You just alluded to this, Teresa, and I do want to talk more about this. We talked about this in our earlier segment, but let's talk about the stigma related to postpartum depression. 
I think the stigma is huge. I think it's maybe a little less than it was 14 years ago. Uh, I give a lot of credit to Brooke Shields and her book, to Marie Osmond and, and her struggle with depression. In our society, you almost have to have a celebrity to get things recognized. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the stigma is still very, very big um, because, you know, you're supposed to be, this is supposed to be the most happy time in your life. And it's really, really not. It's very stressful. Um, it's very difficult. And so for someone to say, not only is mental illness in general very stigmatizing, but when it's mental illness, when you're supposed to be happy because you just had this gorgeous baby, it's 10 times worse. Um, so the stigma is big. It's real. A lot of people don't admit to others that they are having these feelings, these uh, mood disorders after pregnancy. It's one of the reasons that I talk when I see a new mom, I never, ever ask about how that baby's doing. I always ask about how mom's doing because that may open a conversation with that mom. If she may say, oh, it's hard. You know, she's probably testing the waters to see who is open to that conversation um, so I always ask the mom how she's doing just to see if she wants to start a conversation about it. Okay. Regina? I just wanted to add on to what Teresa said about the stigma. Um, when you have a child who almost dies several times after birth, um, like I did, uh, nobody asks you how you're doing. Everybody's like assuming that you're looking at your miracle baby every moment, thanking God that he's alive. And so... I think I faced that stigma from pretty much everybody in my life because they were all matter of fact, that's what everybody in my circle, my friends, my family called my son, the miracle baby. Um, And it's pretty hard to live up to that as a mother um, when everybody thinks that your child is an angel. (laughs) And I know differently because I live with the after effects at home. And so I had a number of people um, say to me, Oh, don't you just thank God every day for that child? And I didn't want to admit that there were days I wished that God had just taken him, that, you know, he'd just gone on so that I could somehow have some kind of semblance of order in my life, even in my own family. Um, If I would say something like, you know, Mom, I think I made a big mistake in having a child. She would say, oh, you don't mean that. Don't say that. And things like that just made me clam up and not talk to anybody. And so there is a stigma in society, but there's also – something that can happen even in families. Just listen to the people around you when they say little things like that. Instead of showing horror and shock, try to get them to talk. And um, a lot of things could be, I just try to think about how different my story would have been if I had just had one person, like say, tell me more about that. You know, Can you tell me, how are you feeling right now? I could have gotten help months and months earlier. Um, I want to touch on two things, um, uh, Regina, that you, you just talked about. And no judgment here, but I think a lot of people, one of the prevailing thoughts, I think people will say, well, your child was sick. Didn't that draw you closer to him? Um, Having the Mm -hmm. child that was sick, wouldn't that draw you closer to him? And then I want to talk about your support system, because Mm -hmm. having an ill child and having to be with them 24-7 and being not able to sleep, was there not a support system, mom, dad, Mm -hmm. that you could call and say, you know, can you just... For tonight, can you just keep them for tonight? And I just need to rest. This is how things go. Mm-hmm. Were you not, you you were not open to that, or uh, my family doesn't live anywhere around here. Okay, they're and in again, another no state. No judgment yeah. here. I'm just I'm just asking the question. Oh, believe me, I've thought about that many times. I'm like, how different my story might have been if you know I had had family around me. 
But we have had plenty of moms come into our group that do have family around. And even having those breaks and having parents take a child for a night or two a week, there's, you know, postpartum depression doesn't doesn't make sense sometimes. I mean, even women that have perfect babies who sleep all the time and have great support systems around them, whether it's siblings or parents, um, they still suffer. You know, I, I don't understand this illness. I don't understand what causes it or triggers it because sometimes women have come through our group that have had a perfect situation and they still struggle with this. So it just, it's one of those things that doesn't make sense. And again, in case you're just tuning in this morning, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. This morning, we're talking about postpartum depression with two women who have experienced it firsthand. We're talking to Regina. We're also talking to Teresa. Now, let's talk about your children um, today. Is it okay to ask about sure. the kids now? Sure. Okay, so we I'm just joking with you guys because you said <laughs> people never asked about you. But now we're, I'm, here I am going to ask about the kids now. But, um, Teresa, you, you told me your son is now 14. Um, I want to know what your relationship is like with your child. Now, I know initially you admitted that you had trouble bonding. What is that 14 years later? What is that relationship like now? Um, wonderful. You know, we have had uh, psychiatrists say to us, just because you don't feel bonded to your child doesn't mean your child isn't bonded to you. Babies are simple creatures. They need someone to feed them. They need someone to change their diaper and pat them to sleep. Mm-hmm. So as long as that's happening, they're bonding with you. Um I look back at pictures that were taken the whole first year of my son's life. And I, like Regina, I blocked a lot of that time out. And in every picture, I'm smiling like I'm happy. And I think to myself, maybe, maybe it's not that I wasn't bonding or maybe it's not that I wasn't happy. Maybe it was just that I couldn't feel it. You know, there was some disconnection in my brain between the, the feeling of it and the emotion. So my son and I are very close. Um, and, and he's a wonderful kid. And we, we, we get along well together, you know. Um, I don't really talk about it too much with my son. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a, when he gets older, we could have a conversation. He knows I go to mom, what I call mommy meetings to help other moms. Um, but he doesn't know a lot about the story. So when he gets older, I would absolutely talk to him about it. Um, and he knows that I had something go on after he was born. But, but I don't really say, you know, I don't tell my son these things. Okay. Um, but I will eventually, especially when he gets older and possibly is about to become a parent. Okay. Regina, what about you? Um, um, how's your son doing? He's great. He's um, and how's your relationship? Okay. Um, well, he takes medication for his heart uh, problem, so he's still very. Um, but he's you would never look, think looking at him that How he old has. Is he? I'm sorry. He, he's almost thirteen. Wow. Okay. And I went on to have a second child. Um, so did Teresa, and we did not have postpartum depression with our second children. Um, I actually had a great experience. Um, I had a child, a daughter four years after my son and, um, she was like the perfect baby. (laughs) She started out sleeping five to six hours at night at a stretch and she knew what you needed. (laughs) She did (laughs) or God knew what I needed. Definitely. Cause I couldn't have handled another one, but, um, I had the perfect mom experience. And so, um, I'm glad I got to experience that, that other moms get to experience. But today, both of my kids are very happy and healthy and well-adjusted. Um, like Teresa said, I haven't explained everything about um, postpartum depression with them because they're not old enough to really understand it. Um, they know I went through a, a tough time after Devin was born, and that's why I go to these meetings and help other moms. And and like Teresa said, someday when they're older or about to become parents of their own, I would definitely sit down and have a conversation with them and their in their um, spouse, um, about 
what I went through because I would never want them to go into that being unprepared. So let's talk about your support group. It's called A Lighter Shade of Blue. Tell us about the support group. Well, the group was started in 1997 by a woman named Rachel Bowling who did not have any support uh, or any connection or, or any way to deal with her postpartum depression. And through the years, as the leaders' children get older, um, other, other moms take over. So Regina and I are co-facilitators of the group now. We meet twice a month, once in Fairfield, once in Columbia, Tusculum. And it's really just a place uh, to talk about the stuff that you wouldn't talk to just anyone about with your childhood, your experience with postpartum depression. We always say when new moms come, it's a judgment-free zone. Um, so you can come in and say, I hate this. You know, and nobody's going to go, oh, my gosh, you don't mean that. So it's a wonderful place. Support of, a, of other mothers who understand is invaluable. And so A Lighter Shade of Blue offers moms um, a place, a safe place to talk about their disappointment or their struggles or, um, you know, their messy house or whatever they need to talk <laughs> about. Um, and we also have a closed Facebook group that consists of just our moms so that there's another safe place for them to, to talk about um, what's going on with them. Okay. And if our listeners, if they have any questions, if they would like to join the support group, if they would like more information on the support group, how can they find out more, Teresa? We do have a website, a alightershadeofblue.com. Um, we also have a Facebook page. That's our public page, A Lighter Shade of Blue. Uh, and you just email us or message us through Facebook or the website, and we will get back with you. All right, good. And if you missed any of that, uh, we'll have a link on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. You can go there for more information. Now, Regina, you guys facilitate the support group. Over the years, what have you found to be some of the more common concerns or issues women face as they battle postpartum depression? Um, Probably a big one is, um, as Teresa mentioned earlier, not being able to breastfeed. Um, Typically, women that have this, um, I don't know, maybe society has contributed to this as well, but they, they treat breastfeeding like it's the ultimate bonding experience with your baby. Um, and so when a woman can't do that, um, either because of, um, something wrong with the baby or something wrong with milk supply or whatever the case may be, I think it not only does it set a woman up and and say, you're a failure, this is what every mother should be able to do for your child. But it also um, makes you feel like you're not bonding to that baby in some way. Um, now, I didn't have that problem, but I've noticed that a lot of our moms, um, that seems to be a big trigger for them. Another one could be a lack of support system, like not having family around or not having family that is supportive. Um, sometimes we have uh, uh, mothers come in whose parents just think it's all in their head and they're just trying to get attention or um, parents that are just disconnected from it altogether. They're just like, I raised my kids. I'm done. You deal with your own mess, you know. Or even husbands sometimes and who the, think their yes. wives are acting mm-hmm. out and uh, partners. It's That actually happens. So those are two of the things that popped into my mind. I don't know, Tracy. You might think of some others. I think for a lot of our moms, they feel that bonding thing where I don't feel bonded to him. And, and, and we believe that if we don't bond instantly the minute we give birth, then we're never mm-hmm. going to have a bond for the child. And so, you know, we talked to our moms about, look, I didn't, I say, I didn't feel bonded to my kid for a year, but we're so bonded now. Sometimes I just want him to unbond, you know? (laughs) So, so there's, there is a big thing with, with bonding with your child and, and trying to make that relationship with your kid because you really don't feel love for that baby 
and everybody in your life is telling you you should. Mm-hmm. All right. We're running out of time this morning. Teresa, what is it that you want new mothers to know um, in terms of postpartum depression or new mothers in general? What is it that you want them to know? I think for new moms in general, I want to say to them, it's okay if you don't like it, especially at first. Um, Forgive yourself. Be gentle with yourself and get as much support as you possibly can around you. Don't think you can do it all by yourself. And for those new moms who are suffering from postpartum mood disorder or think they may be, remember that it's not a failure of character. Remember that it is a physical disease. There is a brain chemical imbalance, and it's not playing well with your hormones. So it is a physical disease, and you have to get treatment for it, like you would get treatment for diabetes or cancer or heart disease. Go to your doctor. Talk to your doctor and say, I have this physical disease now that has mental illness complications, but it is physical. So it's not a failure of your character. You're not a bad person. You're not a bad woman. You're not a bad mom. Um, But just talk to someone and and get some help. Okay, and likewise, Regina, what is it that you would say to new moms? There's nothing wrong with seeing a psychiatrist. I know when I was going through it, I thought psychiatrists were were for like, you know, lunatics, not people like me. (laughs) I could hold it together. And and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, We've said all the time, if you were a diabetic, you would see nothing wrong with going to get insulin. So what is wrong with if you have a mental illness getting antidepressants or um, anti-anxiety medication. There's nothing, there shouldn't be the stigma that there is. Um, I would also add, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, I hated asking for help. I, I wanted to be independent. I wanted to do this on my own because, you know, I was supposed to be a grown up now. I shouldn't need my mom or, you know, my friends to help me out. And um, my pride got in the way and kept me from asking for help for a long time. And, that was one thing I did very differently the second time around when I had my second child. I had help lined up for weeks. <laughs> I was not going to I was not going to try to muscle through it, you know, hard knuckle through it. I would say don't be afraid to ask for help. Doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're strong. You're strong enough to know your limitations. All right. And again, if our listeners would like to connect with a lighter shade of blue, if they have postpartum depression, how can they connect with you all? Website, alightershadeofblue.com, or our open public Facebook page, alightershadeofblue. Just contact us through there. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Teresa. Thanks, Regina. Thanks so much for sharing Thanks your for story. Us. Thank you. That's it for this edition of Sunday Morning Magazine. Remember, more information about postpartum depression can be found on our Facebook page, Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear on Facebook. Just go there now and like us there now. Well, that's it for this edition of the show. I'm Rodney Lear. Until next week. Be encouraged. Sunday morning, Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday, Sunday morning, Madison.